Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. seated this is the last Sunday of 2019 in just a couple of days we're going to close out this year and we're going to step into the new one and while I was in prayer and contemplation thinking about this I was drawn to a particular passage of Scripture which caught my attention. The Spirit of God highlighted the importance of these very words that we're going to read in a moment as we prepare to cross over into this new year. Let's read them together, please. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12 through to verse 15. Not that I have already attained, or am I already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus." Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Paul says, as many of us as are mature in Christ, let us have this same mind the mind that he just communicated to us. Paul the Apostle wrote these words to one of his most beloved and mature churches, the Philippians. Towards the end of this chapter, he says to them, and I read Philippians 3.17, Brethren, join in following my example." In other words, he's saying, do what I do. Focus on what I'm focusing. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern or an example. The words we just read are some of the most profound and powerful words that came out of the Apostle Paul's mouth. And I want to encourage you 
this week to read them carefully in addition with your other homework <laughs> that Michael gave you. Read them carefully and don't just glide over the words. Camp on them and meditate. Think about what this great apostle is communicating to us. Why do I say that? Because they reveal his heart. These words communicate the heart of this apostle. They communicate his purpose in life, his passion, and his determination to finish his race and complete his God-given purpose. Here is a man who is absolutely possessed by God. There's no, no room in his heart for anything or anyone else. He's totally possessed by the Spirit of God. He's sold out for Jesus. And you know what? He's utterly ruined for this life. He's ruined for the pleasures, the distractions, and the pursuits of this present world. He wakes up every single day and he reaches towards the goal, his goal. Looking forward, he says, to those things which are ahead. And in doing so, he moves away from where he was yesterday. He's not a camper. He's a pioneer. He's a trailblazer. He's single-minded. He's focused, and he is absolutely determined. What, what a life. What an attitude to have. No wonder the devil couldn't stop him. He tried many times. And you know what? Death couldn't touch him. Not until he was finished with what he was sent to do. Now, let's take a closer look at what he said. I believe that his words contain an example, or as he said, a pattern of how we should live life as believers and as representatives of the kingdom of God on this side of heaven. Listen to what he says. I have not arrived yet. I have not reached perfection. I'm still on this journey and I am pressing on for the goal which is set before me. You know what that tells me? That tells me that this man was a humble man. That's humility. He has an accurate estimation of himself, and he is aware of where he is and where he's headed. Is that right? Amen. So a humble person is one who knows God intimately, but he also knows himself. When you come into the light of God's presence, you get to know yourself, who you really are. Amen? And he has a clear understanding of where he has come from and where he is headed. What a blessing to know that. In other words, he walks in the light of God. Jesus said, 
in eight, John chapter 8, verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall do what? Shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. When you follow Jesus, you walk in the light. And you know, you know certain things that only God can show you. You know certain things that only by revelation knowledge. Not because someone told you, but because God revealed it to you. Why? Because you walk in His light. And the psalmist said, in His light we shall see light. That's powerful. It's important for us, for every one of us, to know where we are on this journey with God. It's important to know how far we have come in accomplishing our God-given purpose or what God assigned us to do on this side of heaven. Amen? If we don't know where we are, or if we don't know how far we have come, how can we ever reach our final destination and complete those works which God assigned for us to do? It's impossible. Do you agree with me? Are you, are you, are you following me? It's important to know where you are. That is in God's timetable and in God's calendar. Did you know that God has written a book about you? It's important to know which chapter of that book you're in. Amen? Praise God. Now, I, re I recall the first couple of years of my conversion. I was so overjealous, so impatient, I just wanted to rush out there and win my community. And every time I talked to the Lord about it and asked Him to release me into that, he showed me from the Scriptures that I was not ready yet. And He revealed to me that the season I was in at that particular time was not a season of action, was a season of preparation for me. I tell you, when God speaks to you, there's, there's this overwhelming peace that comes over you, your mind, your heart. You are at peace. You are one with God. You are one with your surroundings. And most of all, you are one with yourself. No stress, no striving, no worrying, no anxiety, because God has spoken. And He showed me clearly that He said, you're not ready yet. Now, I didn't know myself, but He knew my strength. He knew my ability. And the first seven years of my conversion were devoted to preparing myself in the Word for the work which the Lord had prepared for me. Seven years, from 1976 to September 1983. I did, I did that, I did that work of preparation while I looked after my own retail business together with my wife. I didn't have all the time in the world, but I made time. I made time for the things which I considered to be of primary importance, and that's very important. When you have your priorities in order, things flow. 
When your life and your priorities are not in order, you are stressed. You are anxious because your life is not in order. And I considered that a priority to make time in order to prepare myself in the work for what God had prepared for me to do. And it wasn't just to be a shopkeeper. God had much more on his mind than just being in the retail business. Well, I did what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. He said to him, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He said, study. And God, I believe, is saying that to you and I. Educate yourself. Study. Prepare yourself for what God has prepared for you. Because if you don't take the time to prepare yourself, God will never release you into your God-given assignments. Are you listening to me? And it's not just coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's not just reading your Bible once a while. It takes diligent study in the Word, in fellowship with God, in order for your heart, for your mind, for your, for your whole attitude to be prepared for what God prepared for you. And remember, we are entering into a new year. God has some things that He would have you to do, some works He would have you to do, and accomplish in 2020. Whether you will be successful in finishing those works, it all depends how ready you are and how available we are to God. Amen? It's not just another year. Paul says, I live every day with this attitude to move away from where I was yesterday. And it's important for every one of us to know what season we are in when it comes to God's calendar and God's timetable. What time is it? What season are you in? Do you know? Or you just coast along? Where are you? I'm not talking about naturally. I'm talking about spiritually. Where are we? And no matter what your vocation in life is, no matter what you're calling, God has a plan, and God has a timetable for you to reach your destination and complete the work assigned to you. Wow. Wow, that's, I, I think that gives me great confidence that God planned things for me. Paul goes on to say that he has not yet attained all that he's destined to attain. The word attain means to reach. It means to achieve or accomplish one's goal. That's what he was referring to it. And he said, because of it, he said, I'm not sitting down. I refuse, he said, to find a comfortable place and a comfortable spot 
and just relax and drift along, spiritually speaking. No. He refuses to sit and camp. Now, let me stop here for a while and say a few things, which I believe must be said. And if we are honest with ourselves, this is where most of us are. What do I mean? We've parked. And most of us are comfortable and content with our spirituality. Well, we may not say it out loud, but you know what? Our actions speak much louder than our words. What do I mean by that? Well, we are not really seeking God with our whole heart. The passion, the zeal for the Lord and His work is by and large absent. Why? Because we are so overwhelmed with the cares of this life and the distractions that this, this present world gives us. We've allowed ourselves to entangle ourselves with the pursuits, the goals, and everyday living. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, no man who's been enlisted as a soldier entangles himself with the affairs of this life. And that's one of the hardest battles that I had to fight while still in business. Not to allow my heart and my purpose and my living to be entangled with the affairs of this life. Because I understood there's something much more that I needed to pursue. Something higher that I needed to focus and pursue. And when you allow the cares and the distractions and the pleasures and the comfort of this life to, to enter your heart, you become entangled. Your vision is blurred. You can't see clearly spiritually. You lose focus. You lose your direction. You lose your compass. You don't know where you are spiritually. You don't know where you're supposed to go. It's like you, you, the light is dim and you can't see in front of you. And we need to be careful of that. As you enter this new year, you need to be careful that you not allow the affairs of this life to cloud your judgment, to obscure your vision, and to hide from you what God has prepared for you and I. Amen. We, we, we are just, some, most time we're just coasting along. We are, not, we are not pressing, like Paul says, I press towards the goal for the prize. What prize? The prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing. When you press against something, that means you are facing what? Resistance. It's not the comfortable thing to do. When you decide to follow Jesus, when you decide to obey the word of the Lord for your life, you will be resisted. Are you listening to me? You will be opposed. You will have people and, and, and circumstances oppose you 
because the enemy does not want you to complete your task. That is why Paul says, I'm pressing, I'm pressing, I'm pushing forward. I'm not sitting down, I'm not relaxing. I am seeking God fervently and wholeheartedly, and I am pressing against those things that prevent me from reaching my goal. Well, and then he tells us what is he pressing for. He says, I press on that I may take hold of that which Christ Jesus got hold of me. I'm going to say that again. What is he pressing towards? He's pressing towards a goal. What's the goal? He says, I want to take hold of that. What is that? For which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In other words, he's saying, Christ got hold of me because there is something he wants me to accomplish on this side of heaven. You know, these words that Paul say gives us a powerful revelation. And what is that? He says that Christ Jesus laid hold of him for a specific purpose and he presses to take hold and fully attain that very purpose for which Jesus Christ took hold of him. This is an amazing revelation. And you know what? It should stir up our hearts, set us on a course, on a, on a, on a decisive path of discovering and walking in that very purpose for which Christ Jesus took hold of you. The Bible declares that God the Father created us, Ephesians 2, in Christ Jesus for a specific purpose. He said He prepared works for you and I to walk in them. You are not here by accident. None of us is here by accident. God planned every little detail of your life here to the last minute. And He also planned your purpose in His wisdom. Do you believe that? Psalm 139, verse 16 Listen to what the psalmist said to the Lord. You saw me before I was born. Every day, he says, of my life was recorded in your book. <laughs> wow. Told you God has a book on you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God has a book on us, on your life. Every moment, the psalmist said, was laid out before a single day had passed. Yo, that, that's tremendous. <laughs> wow. He said, he numbered all the days of your life, 
as well as what He intended for you to do during your time here on the earth. Can you imagine that? That before you got here, God had written a book and has planned a purpose for you to fulfill. It's already planned. And that plan is inside you. When, by the Spirit of God, when you got born again, He put it in you. Your purpose. You see, that tells me that you and I existed in the mind and the thoughts of God long before we got here. You know, he planned which family you were to be born in, which city, which nation, who your parents would be, your brothers, your sisters. He had all that planned in his wisdom. And we existed in the mind and the thoughts of God long before we got here. And the psalmist beautifully describes this again in Psalm 139, verse 13. You made, he says, all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. He says you are a marvelous creature. That's what God thinks of you and about you. How well I know it. You watched me when I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. What an amazing revelation. That to know that I'm here for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. I'm not here just to fill space. I'm not here by accident. I am here because God designed for me to be here in this generation, in this life, and in this time. God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1, verses 4 and 5, He said, Before I formed you, Jeremiah, in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Sanctified means I set you apart for a specific work, for a specific purpose. And I ordained you. God Himself said to Jeremiah, I have ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Wow. You know, Jeremiah's purpose was laid out for him before he was born, and God revealed that to him while he was still a youngster. Praise God. Early in life. It's wonderful to know why you were born. It's wonderful to know why you're here. It's wonderful to know where you're going. And with God's help, Jeremiah was able to fulfill his assignment as a prophet of God. And his assignment was not an easy one. Most of the time, he spent weeping and dealing with rebellious people, not wanting to listen or obey their God. And he spent his days praying and weeping and crying out to God and prophesying to a people that didn't want to hear. Imagine having an assignment like that. 
Are you with me? You're still listening. You haven't gone to sleep. John the Baptist was another. The word of the Lord came to Zechariah, his father, outlining John's purpose in life. You know, as parents, we have a tremendous responsibility towards our children, that we are to train them and educate them and nurture them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, revealing to them the Word of God and God's purpose for their lives. That's the role of parents. They're supposed to guide their children and influencing them towards the path that the Lord had set for them. Listen to what the angel of the Lord said to Zechariah, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning with verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, that is to Zechariah, standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he, that is John, he will be great in the sight of the Lord, shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That was John's mission and purpose in life, that he was to turn many from the nation of Israel back to the Lord their God. He was to bring reconciliation between fathers and sons and reunite them and reconcile them with the message that God had given him. What a glorious assignment. And he knew that, since he was little because his mom and dad communicated that to him. John's roadmap for his life was laid out for him before he got here. Amen. And just like Jeremiah and John, your life and mine, as well as our purpose, was designed and planned by the wisdom of God. He designed it. And you know what? His plan, far better than whatever you and I could imagine. It's not an ordinary one. It's an extraordinary one. And joy and true fulfillment in life is only found in fulfilling that plan, Amen. in walking in that plan, in fulfilling the, the purpose that Christ intended for us. And let me say this, and never forget this. Coming to Christ is one thing, but fulfilling your divine purpose is another. And many believers, they will go to heaven when they die, but there will be no rewards. 
because they have not followed the plan of God for their lives. They chose another plan. Hello? They did not spend time seeking God to find out, hey God, why am I here? What have you got in store for me? They followed their own heart. They followed their own desires. They believers, they believe in Christ. They will go to heaven when they die, but when they stand before God that day and rewards are being passed out, they will just, I believe, weep. Hello? That's why the Bible says he will weep the tears from our eyes. Because when we see what was intended for us, and what we've actually done with our lives, tears will come to our eyes. Hello? Paul goes on to say that in order to succeed in reaching his goal and finishing his race, he did one thing and one thing only. He says, this one thing I do. He wasn't a man who did many things. He was a man who did one thing. And that one thing, he says, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. Paul gives us some sound advice here in being able to finish our race. You cannot drive your car by looking at the rearview mirror. You will crash. Amen? That's why the, the windshield is so broad and the rearview mirror is so, is so small. No one can drive his vehicle looking in the rearview mirror. And we cannot go forward by looking back. Amen? We cannot hold on to the past, however good, however bad it was. We must leave it behind with all of its successes, with all of its mistakes, with all of its failures, with all of its pain, with all that we have endured, good or bad, close the door, leave it behind, and press forward. And that's why this message is so appropriate for us today. I recall when we first moved from Zimbabwe to South Africa, and for a brief period of time, we chose to remain in Johannesburg for about a year or 18 months, the reason being because I was not sure where God wanted me to launch my ministry. And um, I recall going into my prayer closet for days, and I longed for our days in Zimbabwe. I longed for the familiar, because there I knew exactly what to do. I knew where to turn, where not to turn. I was comfortable there. I was comfortable with the wonderful life we had. And I found it very difficult to adjust. Why? Because I hated the unknown, not knowing where to go from here. It was very, it was a difficult time. And that hindered my going forward to what God had in store for me. Because I kept looking back. The Word says no one who tastes new wine, uh, how to say it? No one who has tasted old wine takes immediately to the new because it says the old is better. 
And for me, the old was better. What I left behind was far better because I didn't know where I was going. And nobody wants to be in that uncomfortable place. And so for 18 months, we stayed in Johannesburg until one day, This is why I say the Word of the Lord is so important. As I was reading the Scriptures in the book of Job, I can take you to that verse. The Word of the Lord came to me through the written Word. And when the Word came, light came and divided my soul and my spirit. And I knew exactly Cape Town was the destination. And Paul says, if you want to go forward in your life, you've got, you got to let go of the hurt. You've got to let go of the painful memories you're carrying. You've got to let go of the people that are no longer in your life. And let me tell you something. Sometimes God takes people out of your life because they're going to be a hindrance to you if they stay with you. So God removes them. Amen. You've got to let go of all those things, the mistakes, the failures, the regrets, the guilt, the shame. You've got to find the strength in God to just release them. Release them and look forward to what God has in store for you and I. And he says, I press. You know, it's a difficult thing to do, isn't it? And I always said, you know, it's easier to, live a, to, to leave behind a place that you've been unhappy with. But it's so difficult to leave a place that you've been happy in, that you've enjoyed success and prosperity and blessing. And so we need to press towards the goal, the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And these are the words of a man with a mission. He has a goal in sight. He says, I'm not boxing as one who is boxing the air. I hit my target every time. He has a goal in mind, and his focus was to complete the mission and finish the works the Father had assigned for him to do. And listen to him what he says. Acts 20, 24. Powerful verse of Scripture. Powerful words. He says, none of these things move me. Whatever he endured, whatever the circumstances, whatever the trials, whatever the persecution, he said, none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish. Say finish. Finish Finish the race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. What a man and what a heart. What determination. He says, I don't even count my life dear to me. It's irrelevant what what happens to me. Why? Because my focus and my goal is to finish the race and to do exactly what God called me to do. And that is what I'm focused on. That is my goal. That is what I press on. You know, there came a day in this man's life when he was ready to leave this earth. And he knew. <laughs> That's why I said, you've got to know what season you're in. 
I was asking the Lord the other day, and I was asking, you know, what, what season am I in now? My wife and I, what season are we in? You know, if I don't know the season I'm in, I might be doing something that is not in season, that's out of season. And the Lord told me. Now, He didn't give me every detail, and God will never give you the full picture. And so the day came when he was ready to leave this earth. And that was the day he completed his journey, and that was the day he finished his race. Listen to him speaking on that glorious day he completed his mission. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. He knew that his time had come to go and be with the Lord. You mean to tell me we can know that day? Yes, you can. The Bible says that Jacob put up his feet on, on the bed. He called all of his children, his grandchildren. He blessed them. Then he fell asleep. He went home. People who walk in the light know death doesn't take them by accident. I don't care how spiritual you are. If you're not in line and in tune with God's will, God's path, God's season, you're not going to know. He says, the day of my departure is at hand. At hand means it's near. I have fought, he says, the good fight. I have finished the race. How did he know he finished his race? How did he know? How did he know his mission was completed? And I believe he was only about 60-something years of age before he was, when he was beheaded. He said, I have kept the faith. I've finished my race. I've completed my mission. And now there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What a testimony. What a testimony to gather my children, my grandchildren, my spiritual children, and you say, Hey, guys, the day of my departure is at hand. I finished my race. I've completed my task, and now I'm ready to go home. You know, his words remind me of the words of our Lord Jesus just before he went to the cross. You remember what he said to the Father? In John 17, verse 4, Jesus said, I have glorified you on the earth, I have finished the work which you have given me to do. People who walk in the light, who are spiritually mature, they are aware of things other people are not aware of. They speak of things which other people do not understand. Jesus said, Father, I finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you 
before the world began. Jesus and Paul, according to the Scriptures, completed the work the Father had given them to do. And in doing so, listen carefully, they gave us an example, as I have mentioned, a pattern as to how we should live our life here on earth. They lived, they worked with a clarity of purpose. I have a question for you. Where are you on this journey of completing your God-given task or your God-given purpose? How far have you come? Do you know what your redemptive purpose is? Do you know why God created you? These are questions that only God can answer you. And every one of us should ask these questions because it's vitally important. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, listen carefully, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Your imagination has not even imagined the wonderful things that God has in store for you. Your eyes cannot see it. Your physical ears cannot hear it. But there are things that God has laid up and prepared for each and every one of us, individually and collectively as a spiritual family. And now... Have you had a revelation of what was in God's mind when he thought of you, brought you into this world, gave you gifts, gave you talents, gave you grace to fulfill these assignments? That's a whole lot of questions. You know, folks get uncomfortable when I speak of these things, and rightly so, if they're not even aware or knowledgeable of the divine purpose. Let's just stand for a while, and, um, and pray. These are very heavy questions. Let's, let's bow our heads and, and turn our inward focus on the Lord. Father, we, we acknowledge your presence. We stand before you, and we ask for the light of your Spirit to shine upon our hearts this morning. Your Word declares that your the entrance of your words bring light and truth and revelation knowledge. And it gives understanding to the simple. And we pray this morning that you give us a spiritual understanding.
Pray that your word will be revealed to each one of us as we stand before you in the presence of your spirit. Show us your way. Guide us in your paths. And Lord, help us not to go astray. We are closing out this year. We forget these things that are behind, that we've lived, that we've endured, some of us difficult and hard times, pressures, tests and trials that have literally exhausted us mentally and spiritually. Some of us have had a good year. We want to close that door and forget him. And we want to look ahead to what you have in store for us. Please show us. Help us to prioritize our time with you that we may not live one more day in a futile uh, pursuing the things that were not meant for us to pursue. Protect us. As Jesus prayed, even so, I pray, Father, that you would not take us out of the world, but that you would protect us from the evil one and the ungodly influences of this present evil world. And help us to keep our focus, Father, on you and pursue you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.